because God the Father has sent, set his seal upon him. We're not supposed to be storing up for ourselves treasures and you know treasures on this earth. We're supposed to be storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Food that does not perish instead of food that does perish. Our commission, as I said, was to go and make disciples. And that's our plan. Now these other tribes, Zebulun and Natali and Benjamin and Ephraim and Issachar, they're fighting. They're fighting. They want to save lives. Think of what Jesus said. He who finds his life shall lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So, what if you do go to a mission field? And what if you do go to a red zone where the police warns you don't go, or even the army? And what if you do lose your life? Well, he says, don't, don't work for that, that, that perishes. What if we do? Joel tells us in chapter 3 and verse 10, these warriors of Israel, Zebulun, Natali, Benjamin, Issachar, and Ephraim, they weren't really warriors. Joel tells, the, tells them, really, that they are to exchange their, their pruning hooks for spears and their, their uh, and, and the other thing, and make swords out of them and their plows to make swords out of them. And then he said, let the weak say, I am strong. Listen, Israel knows that they're the weaker one in this battle. But Deborah knew that God told Barak to go into battle, and she confronted him and got him off his duff and into the battle. She's an encourager. That's what you get in church, church, for those of you who are staying home and watching your, your service on TV. You can't be encouraged by your brother and sister sitting at home. You need to get out. As I said earlier in my prayer, the time of indignation is over. It was like Passover. When the angel of the Lord passed over the house of Israel, the indignation is past. It's time to get back out into the war, into the field, and preach the gospel. And don't be like Asher and Reuben and, and the other tribe. Don't be like them. These tribes, these five tribes jeopardized their lives to point to a point of to the point of death. They didn't care about dying. They just wanted to win this battle and stop the oppression. Jesus said this, John 15:13, greater love has no man than this that he laid down his life for a friend. Or I could add to that be willing to are we willing to? What if you do go to a mission field and die? You know what? Don't fear him that can kill the body, but fear him that can kill the soul. There's a lot of people, and we owe a lot of thank yous to the missionaries that go out and the people that go on short-term missions missions. When I was in a Christian Missionary Alliance, we had a big manual, like about the size of this tablet, and had all the missionaries in all different countries to pray for, for those various days 
that they were there. Certain days, so you pray for certain people on Monday, different people on Tuesday. It's important. You know what? You might even be hated in this world, church, if you get out into the battlefield with Zebulon and Natali and A- and Benjamin and Ephraim and Issachar. You might be might be um, attacked. You might be persecuted. But here's what Jesus said. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult your name as evil for my name's sake. Be glad and jump up in joy. Jump in jo- up for joy. For great is your reward in heaven. That's kind of a paraphrase. Great is your reward in heaven. Jump and leap for joy when they persecute you because you believe in Christ and you're trying to lead people to Christ and tell them about Christ because you have an eternal perspective, not only for your soul, but for the souls of others, your friends and your neighbors and your family. In Joshua chapter 5, Verse 20 and 21, let me read it to you. The stars fought from heaven. From the courses, they fought against Sisera. The torrents of Kishon swept them away. Listen, you know what that's saying? God's fighting this battle. You know, God's fighting this battle. The stars fought from heaven. You know what? In Joshua chapter 10, and I think it's verse 10, you know, there was thunder in the battle. God caused thunder to come upon in the battle and lightning. Can you imagine? Okay, it doesn't say here what God did, but I'm thinking he caused a big rainstorm. You know what chariots can do in rain and a bunch of mud? Nothing. Nothing. Why do you think... Uh, Sisera fled on foot to the tent of Jezel, of uh, Jael. Why? Because the chariot wasn't going to go, probably because it was all packed with mud. That's God's fighting from heaven. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, you know, um, in verse 10, God fought, fought by noise. Sounded like a big army was coming against them, and all the, the army that was opposing Israel fled. So God's fighting this battle. Just like, just like Miriam sang, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider were thrown into the sea. The Lord is God, and I will praise him. That's what they were singing, something similar to that. But that's basically what, what chapter 5 is about. It's Miriam's, uh, not Miriam's song, it's Deborah's song. Then Deborah and Barak, verse 1. On that day, saying that the leaders led in Israel, that the people volunteered, bless the Lord. I will sing praise. I'm going to skip around here. I will sing praise to the Lord, the God of Israel. The earth quaked. The heavens also dripped. Even the clouds dripped water. I guess it does tell you that there's probably a rainstorm going on. Okay? The mountains quaked at the presence of the Lord. In the days of Jael, the highways were deserted. In other words... Before this battle started, you were afraid to walk on the streets. We kind of like have that in America today. The travelers went by roundabout ways. They took a, if an area was bad, they went around it. The pleasant tree ceased. They ceased in Israel until, 
I, Deborah, arose, until I arose, a mother in Israel. Bless the Lord, you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on high, rich carpets, and you will travel on the road. Sing, awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, sing a song. Arise, Barak, and take away your captives, O sons of Aminadab. The survivors came down to the nobles. The people of the Lord came down to me as warriors. And that's Ephraim and Benjamin and Issachar and Natali and Zebulun. She's singing. Here's what, here's what verse 12 is saying. Awake, awake, church, awake. Barak, arise. Awake and get it done. Don't go AWOL on God. You've got a paternal experience. Paternal or eternal perspective for the souls of your neighbors and your friends. We've lost it. Where is the revival in America? It starts with you. It starts with me, the revival. It's time for us to awake and to get into the battle and thank those that are in the battle by supporting them not only with finances but in prayer and thanksgiving to them. The heroes of this chapter really are Deborah, and the glory went to J.L. You know, I'm always amazed as I read things in the Bible. I read of Ezekiel, and I read of, of Gabriel, you know, and I read of, of all these people's names who end in E.L. Here's her name. E.L. is the name of God. There's Gabriel, and there's, even if, if you read other books that aren't biblical, there's a Raphael by an angel. There's Michael, the name of God. I think in a, when we get to heaven and God gives us a new aim, name, I think it's going to end in E.L. Because we're children of God. And I think that's why she was named J.L. Because glory was going to go to God. And he was going to use a woman to do it. Deborah played a big role as an encourager and a builder of Barak's faith and men's faith to go into battle and the Lord would be with them. She was a great encourager as a prophetess. But Jael got the glory. I know it's gross what is written in the Bible. Wait till you re- If you would have read the chapter before about Ehud, oh my goodness. They were oppressing Israel. I mean, I just touch on it. So, so uh, Ehud made a sword. He was a left-handed man. He made a double-edged, eighteen-inch dagger, and he he uh, made a presentation against the the king that was oppressing them. And after he sent everybody out of the room, and then he took his dagger out of his right right side with his left and pushed it into the the, the king's belly. And this king was so fat that it, the fat closed over the, over the wound, and he died. That's how God did it. You know what? God, does, God doesn't mess around back in those days. God was judging. J.L. took a tent peg and drove it through. Listen, she might have been on an ally to Sisera's army, but she didn't agree with what they were doing to Israel. And God chose her 
to take care of it. A woman gets the glory. And then, of course, the other heroes, of course, the tribes that went into battle, Zebulun, Natali, Benjamin, and Issachar, and Ephraim. They joined the fight. They put their lives on the line. And Christians, it's time for us to put our lives on the line for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? Put your, your, your salary on the line, too. Take a vacation and do God's work. I don't know. Whatever God tells you. But we need to move forth. We need to, uh, to listen what is said here in Deborah's song. Awake, 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 awake. Four times. Sing a song. Arise, Barak, and take your captives. It's time to take the captives that the enemy's holding and bring them captive into the kingdom of God. I would like, you don't have to do it, but if I told everyone in this room to raise your hand if you agree with it's time to get into the fight, you don't have to do it, but I would hope every hand in this place would be high in the air, maybe even two hands, to get into the fight, to preach the gospel, to get the work out there, the word out there, and choose the souls of men over the, the financial benefits and the comforts that we have here in America. Jesus said, and you know it well, the harvest is plentiful. It's the workers that are few. So we got to come and join the fight for the souls of men. I want, uh, I got something to pass out. Brian, can you come up here? I want you to pass one of them to everybody, and not only that, but one of these. Okay? We'll give one to everybody if we have enough. As I was saying, Spurgeon, I jumped ahead on this one a little bit, because I'll tell you what, this, this message riled me up. And I felt riled even when I tried to, to go over it yesterday, and I felt riled when I started this morning. Spurgeon says this, that Sisera is a type of sin. Jabin is a type of Satan. As Barak looked at the dead body of Sisera, Spurgeon says we should look at sin slain by the work of Jesus knowing he has already won the battle. We should not be content with conquering sin, but with slaying sin. Yeah, we want to, you know, I say it all the time, let's conquer our sin. But God says to slay your sin. Not just conquer it, but to slay it, kill it, to kill it. Now these passages, these pictures that I sent out, do you have enough, Brian? Because I got more here. Okay. I forgot I ran some off. If you take this picture, this, this is a painting. I don't know if, if, um, if William Booth painted it himself or had it painted. He is the, the, the founder of the Salvation Army, William Booth. He has, 
you know, a mountain in the middle of a stormy ocean, okay? And there's a, a deck there, uh, a, a dock, as you could say. And all these people are drowning in this torrent of, of sea. And on the deck, standing on the rock, when I said showed you last week that Jesus is the Petra and Peter is the Petros, Peter is the piece of the rock, and Jesus is the mountain rock mountain. Well, let's say this is Jesus, the rock mountain. They have their dock. Us Christians have our dock, and we're standing on, on God's mountain. But there's people all around us drowning in the sea. On this dock, you have a guy singing a song. You have lovers hanging over the sides with their feet in the water, you know, just being with one another. You have another guy lifting weights. You have another guy just playing a guitar. You have another couple of people, you know, sitting at a, at a dinner table. Another lady painting a picture and another lady taking pictures or with a, with a camera. And there's a guy fishing for fish. But there's a few. There's one guy hanging over the deck trying to grab a guy that's drowning in the sea. There's another fella that's throwing a life preserver out to the guy to, to, to him to grab the lifesaver, Jesus, and come into the, 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 the dock of, of, uh, of the, the rock of salvation. You got a guy out there with his girlfriend in a boat or his wife in a boat trying to pull people out of the water. A lot of Christians today are doing a lot of a, a lot of things that for self pleasure, but but we, there's very few out there trying to get the people that are drowning in the sea. I think a Keith Green song. Can't you see? Can't you see the people? You know the people sinking down. Don't you care? Don't you care? Aren't you gonna? Are you gonna let them drown? But he cries, he weeps, and he bleeds, and he cares for your needs. But we just keep laying back, laying back, and keep soaking it in. It's time to move. It's time to get out there and preach the gospel. Then this other picture. There's people in the ocean. There's a lighthouse out in the middle of the ocean. And there's people lined up along, all heading into the water, I guess. And in the water, you got a bunch of people that are drowning. And there's people trying to reach over from the rock. And there's people trying to, you know, get out.